Thank you for listening to another episode of Tunnel Vision Podcast. I'm Mario Doremus. I'm Eric. And this is episode number 29. If you don't know by now, man, we 29 episodes in. We're closing in on 30. And 30, we have to make it special. I don't know what we're going to do right now. We can talk about it, brainstorm. But first, first line of business is to recap and talk about some things that are going on right now in the NBA. Obviously, we're coming off of the NBA draft. Number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards, uh, shooting guard from Georgia. Any surprise there for you? No, not too much of a surprise. Like, a lot of teams were high on him. Um, The only thing was some of the the rumors from some of the workouts that he did have didn't jive with him going one, possibly two, maybe three. Um, But knew he was a top three guy for sure. You know what I mean? Um, And... and all in all, I think it, it, the chips fell right, and they they got with the, who they wanted. So uh, I'm I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean it was no surprise for me either. Only surprise I would say, like because I knew if they kept the pick, they would go Edwards. I mean obviously he fits them best. Yeah, out of the guys that's there, right? Yeah, I mean, and to to take anybody else outside of Wiseman, Lamelo Ball, or Anthony Edwards in the top three, I think this year was a stretch because. Anything past there was kind of okay. Well, we hope that he'll he'll live up to the potential. Yeah, 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 for sure. Right, or we hope that he fits our system. But Anthony Edwards, I think, is is a I like him one because he's a true shooting guard. He's not a guy who needs the ball in his hand to make a difference on the court. He plays defense and he's willing to do anything on the court. Right, he's kind of like the hustle guy, but he can also score as well. Right. Like and that's one thing that I'm I'm very high on him for. Uh, he's a better shooter than a guy like Victor Oladipo coming out of college, but I wouldn't say he's as good as Dwayne Wade when he was coming out of college. So he's kind of like in the middle for me. But I think it's it's, it's a very high upside for uh, Anthony Edwards. The one thing that I, I do kind of have a problem with is the fact that there were reports coming out saying that he doesn't love basketball, right? And if you draft a guy number one, or hell, if you draft a guy at all, you want him to love the sport because you don't want him to just pick up a year from now or two years from now and say, you know what, I really don't even care. Yeah, I mean, you got to love what you do. Um, I mean, it's just crazy to hear that, though. Like, anytime you're playing a professional sport, I mean, you got to love the grind. You got to love that sport. You got to love to want to to be great, you know what I mean, to elevate your game and other people's game around you, you know what I mean? So I, I think to a certain extent, I mean, that is something that's scary, but um, hopefully, you know, him being um, pick number one kind of brings something to him to kind of want him to, 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 to love it a little more and live up to the, the expectations. Sometimes I think, too, like some sometimes that could be something that's used for him to try to lower the expectations of being a top tier guy. Um, but but you don't have to do that. You know what I mean? Like just go out and try to be with you and perform at the level that you can perform at and get better each and every day. Yeah, no, and I, I think that, you know, we will see obviously what happens there in Minnesota. I mean, as they have their three now, right? They have right. Russell, Edwards, and Car and, and Kat. Yeah, and, and that's the best thing about it is he doesn't have to go there and be the man, right? So kind of fall in line, come in and, and, and work hard, 
and be the guy that your 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 other guys around you need you to be, and try to win ball games. Yeah, and I mean, and I know I was watching uh, I was watching NBA TV last night, and the knock that they had on him, and I don't even know if it was necessarily a knock, but somebody had brought up the point that you know, even though there was no NCAA tournament, but if there was a tournament, Georgia wasn't likely going to make it. Right. I, so, and it, it would have been a third person to be drafted number one overall. But not make the tournament. Right. Yeah, I mean, I get that, right? And you want to see more out of that. But the beauty of it is, back to what I just said, was you already have your two superstars on your team. You know what I mean? Like, they're probably not superstars in the NBA collectively. But as their team, those are their two guys. They're one and two punch. And you draft that number one, a highly skilled two guard who can come in and be your third guy. That... That's a that's a blessing, you know what I mean? It doesn't happen that often that a team has two guys that they believe in to kind of push them and take them to the playoffs, and then they're able to draft that one. Yeah, and the scary thing about it is Cat and uh, D'Angelo Russell, two young, fairly young guys, not even in their prime yet. Yeah, 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 for sure. For so, sure. I mean, uh, this is, this is a, a very, very, you know – I wouldn't say a weird scenario, but it's a, it's a different scenario. And I, I think that, you know, the, the on the pace that they're going, they could build something similar to what we saw with the Golden State Warriors when they went out and they got uh, – I mean, it's obviously a little different because they didn't draft D'Angelo Russell, but they did draft Cat, and now they're drafting Anthony Edwards, and they just happened to get D'Angelo Russell in, in a trade, right, right. From, from Golden State. But – I'm saying like the, the situation can be very similar where they have a young core of three who kind of carry them to like a championship can to become a championship contender. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think we'll uh, be able to see that, but not to stay on that too long. But the rest of the draft, I think, kind of played out the way that a lot of people, at least the top three. Yeah. If it felt the way that we thought it would. The Golden State Warriors ended up keeping the pick and went with James Wiseman. And I think it was huge. Like, smart. Um, you get a guy, unless you were able to trade that pick for, in my opinion, for a, uh, a guy who was going to be able to help you be a third piece with Clay. Well, not Clay now because Clay's hurt. And I, I believe his reports that he tore his Achilles today. So he's out for the season. Um, but to be that supporting that that third guy, you wanted to go get a veteran to go with Clay and Curry to trade that pick. But if you didn't, you couldn't make a deal. You go get the best big man in the in the draft, the one a versatile guy who I I think is going to be a very special big man in this league. He averaged nearly a triple-double. I mean, obviously, he only played three games. It's a very small <laughs> sample size. But to almost to average a triple-double almost as a, you know, as a big man, yeah. and pretty much a true big man at yeah, that. Yeah, true big man. I mean, I think they're going to be able to use his talent. It'll be interesting to see how Golden State uses him. But um, he, he's able to get up. He's able to move. He can move and get up and down the court. Um, but they never had a big man like this at this, at this skill level either. So it'll be real interesting to see um, now with Clay out. I'm I'm assuming they're going to be a lot of two man with Wiseman and Curry going, and that could get dangerous. Yeah, no, it, it that, can. that could get real dangerous. 
with Wiseman setting the screen and rolling to the rim, and now you got Curry getting that much space. If you cloud him with space, now he dunking it. That could get ugly. So I, I mean, I, I am, I am, I'm grateful that they got him. I, I want to see him kind of learn to be a champion and kind of grow and 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 be a performer uh, versus him going to a team that like the Cleveland Cavaliers who don't have no direction. You know what I mean? Like, so I like to see that. Um, I just hope he can stay there and they stick with him and um, he has some success. Uh, but it, it's a tough blow to, to lose a guy like Clay who was battling from an ACL injury um, and already missed last season. Yeah, no, and this, I mean, and, and that that is tough because I hate to see that for Clay. I know? do too. You know, and Clay is one of those guys that you know I really do. I, I really like his game. I do. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I mean, he put up 37 against my Sacramento Kings in one quarter. But you know, I, I still I still root for Clay. You know, I think he has an impeccable uh, work ethic that a lot of people you know. And I, I think the one thing about Clay that I really like about him. It's not even like he's a guy who has to be athletic. So I think he'll be fine with his skill set. But he's so skilled that he'll come off of, I think he'll come back from this Achilles injury and be just as good. I hope so, man. For the sake, for the Golden State Warriors' sake. Um, and just personally for him, like going through, um, I, I don't know if he's been injured before, but most of the time some of these guys have never been injured in their life. And then they have these injuries and then to have back-to-back injuries like that, like that—that that is that—that that kind of deals with your mental and your psyche a little bit, um, you know. So hopefully he goes back to the drawing board. Um, hopefully he, he looks into training a little bit differently than he trained for this ACL because obviously they overcompensated for something um, during his training, uh, trying to get back so he can get to the uh, get to being playing again. So. We'll see, man. Hopefully, you know, everything works out. Yeah, but the one thing I want to say real quick about Golden State is uh, they did make a trade today. They did end up uh, trading the Golden St- or Oklahoma City Thunder, and they now got Kelly Oubre. So, Kelly Oubre, Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and James Wiseman is projected starting five. Yeah, I mean, that, that might be interesting. We'll see. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised still if they, they, they found a home for Draymond or, um, Andrew Wiggins. Oh, you think they, you think they could potentially they, trade they could. Draymond? They, they, I think, yeah. yeah. You think they'd be open to yeah. that? Yeah. I, I think the only people who are, they're not willing to trade on that team is, uh, Curry and probably Clay. That's it. Like, I think them two guys, they're, they're going to, they can kind of almost, retire there if they want you know what I mean but I think anybody else is expendable interesting all right and with the third picks speaking of expendable LaMelo Ball to the to the Charlotte Hornets man I, I mean I obviously you know everybody has him pretty high um I wasn't high on him at all um, there, there's some things that he does better than Lonzo, but I, I just don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like I was talking to my boy Walt today and it was like, he was like, he, he's just a, he's, he's a volume shooter, right? 
He has to take a lot of shots, but the percentage is bad from the three. Um, and, and you wonder defensively. I know he he, he there. Everything's always been a highlight about his offense. We never really seen him defensively, right? Um, so I'll be interested to see how well he does defensively. Um, and then, you know, just everybody, I ain't going to say everybody can be a passer, but IQ can get you there. And, and a lot of guys can have that passing ability. So I, I just don't see nothing special in him to where I'm like, uh, okay. Like, I didn't see nothing in Lonzo. And people tried to talk me, you know, other Laker fans that me that I'm cool with. They was like, hey, like, give him a shot, you know. He, he what, you know, and I'm like, nah, I just don't. So I think I have that same feeling for him as well. Well, I, I think this is the. Uh, I mean, I'm just being 100 percent, especially honest. to the team you went to as well. Yeah, but I think like this is just me being honest, right? I think Lamelo actually has more upside than Lonzo. But he, I, he may. But I think one of the biggest things that people have, and there's no fun intended when I say this, one of the biggest things that people really like about both of them coming out, like coming into the draft, they're tall point guards. They're big mm-hmm. point guards, right? And in the NBA today, that's what people a six foot seven point guard, right? Right. They fall in love with the idea of it. But yep. this is the thing: what happens if the six foot seven point guard? Isn't what he what you think he is? Like defensively, we know he needs work. Yes. Lonzo, on the other hand, he plays really good defense on yeah. the perimeter. Yeah, he does. Lamelo, like you said, he's a volume shooter. But how is this gonna work out in the NBA? We, I mean, you can get a pass on it playing overseas because the game is that much different, right? Like the game overseas and the NBA are, are different. It's a different pace of game and it's a different style of play. Now, they, they're saying that the league that he played in overseas over in Australia was a very tough league. Said that LaMelo loves basketball, has a very high IQ. He's, I mean, obviously, I, I think that he's been around enough guys. And I've seen, I think enough people have seen him play to where I can go off of the word of, okay, this guy has potential to, to be an all-star, right? But my only concern is, does he does he try to force a lot of shots, right? We know he's a volume shooter, but if it's not working, it's not working for you. And they said he shot 29% from the three-point line. That's that's a major concern if, if you're any like any scout. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, not only that, too, man. Take a volume shooter that can't shoot doesn't work out in the NBA. Like, that's not going to pan out being a volume shooter and you lack the ability to shoot the ball very well. Well, see, my, but my thing is with the draft pick, do, do they really believe that the pieces that they have right now in Charlotte with LaMelo are good enough to no, become a playoff team? No, team? not at all. Like, And this is the thing. I like Devontae Graham. I think Devontae Graham is a, build, like, is, is a piece that you keep on that team and you build with. But I think if I'm the, if I'm the Charlotte Hornets... I'm looking to make trades. I I can't pronounce the kid's name, but I I would have thought that the kid from overseas would have went there. Well, which one, the big man? The one that's he's versatile. Uh, he ended up going to oh crap. Um, 
Is, is he a big man or a guard? The, he's like a big guard. The big guard. Killian Hayes? That might be it. That might be it. He ended, up going to the, he ended up going to the Pistons. Nah, that's not it then. He's he's the he's a shooter. He's kind of big. Let me look. I think he ended up going like eighth or ninth. You talking about Denny Avia? Yeah, I think that's him. We got drafted to watch the yeah, to the Washington. Big, yeah, 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 the big yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, I but he's skilled. Yeah, no, he's, I, I I think, he's highly skilled. I think he fits with what they have. Like ball doesn't fit with what they have there, right? Like you already have a point guard. So you go get another big point guard, and so you think you're going to be able to play both guards together, and it's going to work. Well, see, and that's the thing. I mean, the, I mean, because are you talking about Devontae Graham? They got Devontae Graham, and they also have... They got the uh, the guy from... Uh, they, that they got from the Celtics. Right. Uh, I can't think of his name. With um, the Louisville. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but so they got him. So I, I get. I mean, I get what you're saying. But I think Lamelo is is much different than both of them. And they see Lamelo as more of a floor general. Devontae Rozier, Gen- Rozier, yeah, That's Terry Rozier. Rozier, Terry Rozier. So I mean, I get it, right? Terry Rozier. I just you, you pay Terry Rozier a decent amount of money. You go draft another point guard. Yes, Terry Rozier is is, is okay with probably playing off the ball a little bit because. He can get a bucket from the wing if he needs to. He's done that. He's played in that role when he was with Boston. But still, like you had somebody that could have fit right with what you had, and you don't have to force nothing. Now, granted, an overseas kid came. He played in a tough league over there. He averaged pretty decent. I, I, I don't know what Mike was doing, man. Mike, Mike, Mike. It's not a look. It's not bad, right? It's it's not a bad pick. They looking for guys to just sell tickets because ball is a name. That name is there. I think they're looking at to sell tickets. Which I mean, I'm not mad at even Charlotte for doing because I mean, in the past, in the in the past few Bro. drafts, in the past few drafts, can, can I can I pause you for a second? Yeah. We're in the middle of a damn pandemic. You shouldn't be worried about selling tickets. If you get to play basketball, you should be worried about playing, winning games. Well, I'll tell you one thing. He will sell his jerseys. I get it, but look what Ask Lonzo would have done, what it did for him. <laughs> 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 he wasn't part of a championship team. He ended up not being a part of a championship team. So that's all I'm saying. Like, I think Mike could have done better. I think he could have done better. Look, you can go through any draft that Michael Jordan has had and probably say that about every, most of them. Every year. I won't say every year, but most, most of them. Most of the years. Yeah, I think, I think you he can probably He struck on Kimba, but then he lost him. That might be the Kimba might be his best draft player. Maybe. <laughs> Looking back at See, the, we, we need it. We need somebody to intern to look at this up while we talking. No, I'm just being <laughs> it real. It might be. That but, might be his best player he drafted. Yeah. So, but we'll see though. Only time will tell uh, because Lamelo could be. Lamelo could end up being that. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But uh, so a- after uh, the you know the, the glory picks, what I like to call them, 
you got number four, and I think this is where things started to shift for me, right? Watching the draft, number four. Shift to go to sleep or shift to? Shift to be like, what are they doing? Oh, uh, I was, by, the, by like the fifth, sixth round, a fifth, sixth pick, I was like on snooze, ready to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Bulls, they draft Patrick Williams. Now, a lot of people were, and I was on, you know, I was obviously on Twitter following it too, uh, when I was while I was watching it. But the the one thing people were saying was the Bulls wasted a draft pick because Williams didn't start coming out. He didn't start uh, in, in Florida State. He, I mean, he was a, a very good guard, very big part of the team, but he wasn't the guy that started. Yeah. He was like the sixth man. I mean, I mean that's the Bulls doing the Bulls things right now. And they drafted like my thing was why did you draft another guard? You don't need a guard. You got Chris Dunn. You just drafted Kobe White last year. You still got Zach Levine. You don't need another guard. Who you gonna put up there? With, who you gonna pair up there with? Lori Marketing. That's where Obi Toppin comes in. Obi Toppin would have been a perfect fit right there for the Bulls. But they draft Patrick Williams. Now I think it's I mean, obviously the NBA draft is more so done off potential, right? Like we don't we don't know if you're gonna be this, but we think you'll become this. Right. I mean, there's guys that show that they have that ability to be a, a quote unquote franchise type of player. Um, but some most of the times, especially in this draft, I think it's only like two in my opinion. Um Two to even have potential to probably be an all star, so it is all potential. But some most of the time you get a gauge of games, you can gauge how this the guy will look. Right? This is kind of different because you got guys who are one and done who didn't play that much this season, and then you got some guys who may be on their second year coming out of their sophomore year, but still did not play that much this season because of the pandemic and and COVID, and you didn't get to see them get to the next level. And then you don't really get to see them go against any other body in a professional style in a in a, a professional style way, like a five on five game because of COVID. So now you're just seeing what they're doing in workouts, and all right, I mean, I mean, some guys can overpass the, a workout, you know what I mean, and make it look good. I mean, hell. MJ got cut in high school. So, look, I mean, just, just look back at the guy he got cut for. He ain't MJ. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, it, it, it's t- this year is a tough draft. Um, and I guess I, I would assume it was very, very hard on these teams to, to, to decide who they wanted to get outside of the top, I guess you can say, three. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think Opie Toppin was clearly like the – the fourth best player in this draft. I do. I, th- I think that was clear cut. Like, if if Obi Toppin... Obi Toppin could have probably been a top three pick. You know what I mean? Just because he's, like, that skilled of a player and he's that athletic, right? Like, he's a guy that can come in and make a difference today because he has an NBA body and he has a, a very unique skill set for a big man. Like, he's a, he's a guy who can come in and make a difference. And, I, and I'll tell you about it in a second because I mean, we'll have to get to where he failed to. But the the number uh, four or number five pick, right? The Cleveland Cavaliers, and and I'm thinking this is where like okay, Obi Toppin went to Dayton, 
They saw him. He was like a few hours away down at Dayton, right? So I'm thinking the Cleveland Cavaliers front office, the scouts that they have, they obviously saw Obi Toppin and heard the name a lot. They draft Isaac Okoyo from Auburn. And they said that his his ceiling is Gerald Wallace. <laughs> With the fifth pick, his ceiling, and there's no disrespect to Gerald Wallace because I like Gerald Wallace a lot. He said, With the fifth pick of the draft, Isaac Okoy. I'm like, wow. We pick a, a, a Gerald Wallace S player. Yeah. His ceiling. They said his ceiling is Gerald Wallace. He's not even Gerald Wallace yet. But my my the, the only reason that I even question this pick be if, because Because I'm trying to still figure out the direction of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Obviously, they have Colin Sexton. They have Garland, right? The, the two guards. They run two-point guards at times, which I, I'm like, okay, NBA in 2019, I got it. Because teams are doing it now. But my thing is, Opie Toppin's right there, a guy who you can transition from Ke- a guy like Kevin Love. Because you, I can't envision Kevin Love being there past this year. Yeah, I was surprised that he wasn't a guy that was traded in the draft. Yeah, because they have to consider the fact that they're in a rebuild. Yep. Kevin Love can't be part of your rebuild. No, sir. And that's what was shocking to me. Like, this draft, I, I expected anticipated a lot of trades, right? Because there's a lot of teams that need to get rid of guys whether it's because they practically don't fit or whether it was because they were getting overpaid for where, where the, their performance or guys that were just getting paid too much and you weren't winning. So why pay this guy so much? Yeah, no, no I get that. Uh, and I trust me, I'm right there with you. But, uh, you know, the draft went on and then – Opie Toppin was finally drafted at number eight to the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks finally, they got a good pick. People were clowning when they got the number eight pick, but it actually ended up working in their favor. They got the guy that they wanted. After after, uh, the fourth pick and they saw Opie Toppin then go, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski came on Twitter and said that the Knicks are eyeing uh, the fact that they could get Opie Toppin. And he fell into their lap. And it's look, it, I don't know what it is, but maybe it's new. Maybe it's really new life in New York, because the Knicks today they just uh, cleared forty million in cap space. They're about to spend money on somebody, and Tom Thibodeau is about to take the New York Knicks to the to the playoffs in 2020-2021 season. That's a bold take, sir. Yeah, and I and I will stand behind it. I will, but uh, but yeah, no, I I I won't lie. Say I was intrigued by the draft because I wasn't. I think that was a, it's a filler draft. It's a it's a draft that has a bunch of guys in it that'll be role players. 
What That's shocker. We text like before the the podcast and was like, like, hey, this draft got a, this is a good draft, and I'm like, it is. It's a it's a good draft of filler guys. Yeah, but that's not exciting. It's not. A, I mean, but it's, every draft can't be a superstar draft. Nah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it can't be. You know what I mean? But all right, that's why I wasn't too high on this draft at all. Um, uh, I, I was anticipating the trades being the draft, like being making the draft what it should have been, but um, we just didn't get it. Yeah, so I, I do have a question, though. Um, you know, with the draft obviously now over, do you think it's anybody that stands out outside of, like, the lottery uh, to you anyway that will come in and make a difference year one? Nah, there, there, there's not. I mean, and it's really hard to tell, right, because – the next thing that happens in, is, is free agency. And I think free agency is going to be like the biggest key key factor for any teams to kind of find who they want. Um, you may have some early buyouts of some guys that got in part of trades that didn't want to be where they are. Um, but, no, nah, I don't think there's any rookies that are going to come out and um, be like a good role guy to a team. No, I don't, I don't see that. I don't know. It's, it's a few names to stick out to me. For one, it's Cole Anthony. I think that Cole Anthony getting hurt, we really didn't get to see him all the way through in North Carolina. And another guy is R.J. Hampton. I mean, obviously, he took the same route as LaMelo Ball, but R.J. Hampton was one of those guys who was like a top five player coming out of high school and took the year off, so we didn't really get to see him play. Didn't have spectacular numbers overseas. Uh, I mean, but they're saying that skill-wise, he's, like, just as good as any other point guard in his draft. And the fact that he went to Milwaukee at 24, because originally they said he was going to go to, uh, I think they projected him to go to Brooklyn. And no later than, like, the 22nd pick. But for him to fall all the way to Milwaukee with the number 24 pick, I think that's very interesting. Hmm. Yeah, that, that may that may work out, um, but I don't think it's gonna be like big impact. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not I'm not expecting for him to compete for like rookie of the year or anything like right. that. But I, I think that's a guy. Later on, maybe like two or three years from now, people are gonna look back and be like, man, where did where what what number did he go? Where, you know what I mean? Like, how did he fall in the draft? And I think it's just gonna be one of those things, just like with Cole Anthony. I think Cole Anthony was very, very underrated in his draft. And I was wishing the Kings would have took him. They took Tyler, uh, uh, Tyrese uh, Halliburton out of Iowa State, which I'm still not too fond of. I mean, if, if you're going to take another point guard, because you already have De'Aaron Fox, but if you're going to take another point guard, take Cole Anthony because he's the most versatile point guard in the draft. He can score, he can pass, he'll rebound, he'll defend, but they took who they took. Uh, <laughs> but enough with the draft. I mean, it's come and gone. And today, you saw a little bit more action, right? Uh, I think the biggest news of the day that I saw, anyway, 
was this news out of Boston. How do you opt out of $34 million? There's there's several, I think, key factors, right? Um, Oh, we have to first talk about, we have to mention who opted out of $34 million. And it's none other than Gordon Hayward. Yeah. And there's key factors, right? Um, Gordon Hayward, that's a lot of money to, to... for a guy who's still trying to get back to to prove that he's a super, he's on a superstar, all star level type of guy, right? Like a high impact guy. But that's just it, right? He may want to make that high impact. Like he may want to go and say, "Hey, I want to be the guy that I used to be in Utah," and money may not be a factor for that. So I get it, right? I do get it. Um, so we'll we'll see. Now he gets to pick where he wants to go. Um, and the reason why I, I I say that I get it too is because you can go where you want to go. Go to a team where you feel like you can contribute most. Because right now, I mean, let's be honest. He, he's like, he's on a back burner to the younger guys. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Like, you, you, you're you not that building block. They're not showing that you're that building block for them where you're kind of like a role guy. He, he kind of moved into like a role guy, almost like a, a guy on the set to use with the second team. And he probably wants to get back to that 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 guy that's with the first team and making a highly impact. I get it. I get it. If his bank account's straight and the thirty-five million ain't gonna break him, by all means. But you might not get that thirty-five million back. And, <laughs> and he's yeah. betting on himself, though. He's betting on himself. Like, let me go somewhere where I might take a a two-year for twenty million with a player option with with a one-year player option. He goes out, balls out, looks really good. Now, all right, I'm going to opt out of that player option after that one year. Now you got to cash me back out. Now I'm going to make up for that bag that I just walked away from. So it's possible. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely possible. But, I mean, when you look at at the way teams are kind of built now, and I'm looking at the roster. I mean, he can go somewhere, but if if he's going to go to a contending team, I don't know if he's going to be a number two option there, right? I mean, he could go somewhere like the Phoenix Suns. He could go to the Phoenix Suns and take uh, – he could take probably two – He'd be two, a number two option there. But behind Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I think he would be a number two option with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Yes. He, he would be a number two option after yes. after Devin Booker. Yes. And they still have DeAndre Ayton there. Yes. Oh, man. Chris Paul will be a facility. <laughs> Listen, man, you, you got to understand this. As big as you are uh, and close ties as you are with Chris Paul, you got to understand that this is one thing only. Chris Paul will only like, if he if he had his way, he would be a facilitator, point guard, defensive player, and that's, to a certain extent, a score when needed, but that's it. You're, Chris Paul, and even he said it before in the past, and you can see it, 
who he's playing on, what he, the teams he played with, he wants to be that facilitator role. He doesn't want to have to go out and go get 30. Yeah, no, and he won't. That's, that's why they have Devin Booker. Devin Booker's the number one option. Right. When, when you have Chris Paul facilitating for Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, and you talking about um, hey. and Gordon Hayward, like that that's that's heaven for Chris Paul. You got options each way you feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? But all right, so but say, and you don't have to really facilitate for Gordon Hayward because let's be honest, Gordon Hayward could go get a bucket himself. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, he's he been getting buckets since Butler. Uh, okay, I I just want to make that a fact, but but. I see him going to a team like Miami, not Phoenix. Or now you're behind Jimmy Butler, who's an unselfish guy who we've saw he him not wanting to always be that guy. The only way I see that happening is if they get rid of uh, Tyler Harrow in the trade. If they, if they make a trade and somehow end up they, with, they with, may. with if they end up with Westbrook, I could see that. And they and they traded away and, and Tyler Harrow. Why not trade away him where he where nobody knew who this guy was to a certain extent, and he built his name off playing high in the playoffs, and disappeared in the finals to a certain extent. You know what I mean? He, that, that's a good tradable piece because now he's built his name, and now you can use him for what the name he built, and he might turn around and do nothing, or he might do something. But you got. What you wanted out of him. You feel what I'm saying? And then you bring in Westbrook. You bring in Gordon Hayward. What? Bye-bye. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that would be, uh, I think a, I think a team like Miami would be a good fit for him. But I, I don't necessarily know if I see him going there and then still being like that number two option. I think that uh, at this point, really, if he's going to go to a team that's a contending team, he would have to go somewhere like, Realistically, like the Pacers, like I don't know if they're even going to be a contending team, but they'll be a playoff team. But he can go somewhere like that. Oh, a new coach there, he may not, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he could, he could go there more than likely be like a, a third option. And I'm I think if I'm him, I'm okay with that. But even in Boston, he wasn't the third option. So I yeah. I, I get I get him leaving, but walking away from 34 million. It's tough, man. But you it's know. a pandemic. He gonna get it somewhere though, like so it ain't like he go he gonna get that that money somewhere. He, he may not get all of it, but he'll get some of it. And let's not forget he's he's already a millionaire, right? Yeah. All right. It's easy to turn it's down money. It's easy to turn down when money when you got, got money. Yeah. I mean he went the butler, so he he might be a kid who he ain't hurting for money either. Yeah, I'm sure, and he's he's been in the league for a little while now, so I'm I'm pretty sure he's not hurting for money. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, no, I mean, that's the only thing I really got from the NBA today. Obviously, tomorrow starts free agency. Yeah. So, next week, man, it's going to be NBA heavy. Yeah, I mean, well, we had a couple trades already. Um, we saw the, um, the Lakers traded Danny Green and um, – Yeah, I did see that. Uh, they traded him to – where did Danny Green end up uh, getting traded to? He got traded twice. So, Danny Green went – because uh, he got traded during the draft. He got traded during the draft, and he. But you know they they traded they traded him Danny Green, 
and got Dennis Schroeder, which I think is going to be a good piece for them, for the Lakers. Um, it looks like they're 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 going to need a lot more pieces though, because a lot of guys opted out. Um, I think they got like six or seven guys that are opted out that were on like one or two year deals. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. And then we we obviously the Chris Paul trade that was huge. We that was something new from last week. Um, I think that that. That's on the starting point to get Devin Booker to be okay with being there. A staying and re-signing and, and, and taking a, a big deal there versus trying to go somewhere else. So I think that was huge as well. Um, that, that that was a great move for them. Um, and then we had the rumors with, you know, the Westbrook and Harden trade ramp up a little more um, with Harden wanting to possibly go to the, to, to the Nets. Um I still see that they they will trade him. I don't know if they will trade him right away. Um, I thought they would have because he turned down the money he turned down, and he turned down 50 mil. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, he turned down 50 mil. Yeah, and you know what's crazy about that? We just, I just called Gordon Hayward crazy. Right. James Harden just flat out stupid. I mean, but he got it, though. Again, it's easy to turn down money when you got money. You know what I mean? So, I, it was some couple moves, but the, tomorrow is going to be huge. Um, we'll get to anticipate and see who's going to be signed, how these these uh, teams that are trying to get over the hump to the next level, um, and then these championship caliber teams, what they're going to do. So, it's going to be very, very interesting. Yeah, no, so I, I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, oh, and also, uh, Danilo Gallinari was traded to the Dallas Mavericks. Yes, yes, that that's huge. That's about to be the European All-Star team. I think so. Like, <laughs> pretty that, that's pretty good, though, man. I mean... Luka, Gallinari, Kristaps Porzingis. They got a little bit of length. It's a long team. Yeah, that's a little bit of length. And, uh, oh, and Seth Curry was traded as well. Yeah, he was traded to the Sixers. Yep, he was traded to the Sixers. Um, for Josh Richardson. For Josh Richardson. Uh, and yeah. Trevor, Trevor Reason made his way back to Houston again. And then got traded yesterday. He to did? The, to the Pistons. Oh, snap, I missed that. Yeah, he, okay. was, part, he was part of the uh, trade that sent Luke Kennard to the Clippers. Oh, okay. Luke Kennard. I was wondering about Luke Kennard. Oh, Luke Kennard, man. At the Clippers now, huh? Yep. Okay. And he go out there, be with, uh, maybe with Paul George. We don't know what, what uh, the deal is with PG. They're talking about possibly trading him before the season starts. So, it's, in, it's interesting right now, interesting. man. It is. I guess we got to get back into basketball NBA mode soon. Yeah. Oh, and also uh, – with the Seth Curry deal, I also think it was a, a pack of AAA batteries involved with that. <laughs> they, they sent the battery. They sent the batteries. The uh, Bucks made a deal too. No, they did not. They uh, so Brogdon Bogdanovich. I'm a Kings fan. He was supposed was supposed to be a sign and trade deal to the Bucks for uh, for White Dante and DJ Wilson. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. DJ Wilson and uh, Ilya Sova. Yes. But Banyanovich backed out, and he didn't. He never signed because you, in order to do a sign and trade, the player has to That's sign not, on. Right. But he's he's opted out, and he's going to become a restricted free agent. Wow. 
That just changed the landscape of the Bucks. Yeah. Oh, and breaking news. That's not breaking news. Which I, I, I get on Twitter and everybody's got to break these stories. But uh, Otto Porter opted into his contract for twenty like seven million dollars. Why not? Exactly. It's Otto man, Porter. I didn't. I didn't. Drummer opted opted in as well. Yeah, because who, who's going to give you this crazy amount of money if you opt out? Nobody. Nobody's going to pay Otto Porter $27 million this year. Yeah. Like DeMar DeRozan opted in for $27 million to the Spurs. Why not? Yeah, and well, I, I was I, shocked. I, I, like I thought DeMar DeRozan was going to want to go somewhere else. But, I, I mean, you opt in and, and force their – that's the thing, right? Because now you can financially – you lock in for that $27 million if you're DeRozan – and now you force them to buy you out. You force the Spurs to either buy you out or trade you. So you end up still getting the money that you want. You know what I mean? So that's uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see what goes on with him. Yeah, and I, I was a little. I mean, I'm not too upset about the Bonjanovic thing. Like I get it. It's a, it's a business. And I mean, obviously, it's not a guy. I think that you want to pay the money that he's probably gonna, he's probably gonna be asking for like a a higher contract, like. 60 70 million and you got to pay fox next year so i get that and because you just paid buddy hill so i i kind of get where they're coming from from that standpoint but at some point you have to pay somebody right because you need in this day and age you kind of need a big three right like you need a you need a three to be a contender yeah. or or at least two two really great players or three really 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 good players yeah, you need you need you need a uh, you definitely need at least two to three guys to be a, a top contender. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, NBA. I mean, it'll be fun this season uh, to see exactly what happens. But uh, we know what's going on right now in college football. Man, uh, where we start? Let's start with COVID. <laughs> Let's start there because fifteen games are canceled slash postponed. Just last week alone, due to COVID nineteen. Guess you say the best topic for last week. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, I, they 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 can't get a hold of this. Like they they I, they're not. Most of these schools are online. Yeah. You should be in somewhat of a bubble. But it doesn't seem to, it doesn't appear that they are. And and I'm confused why. Because college kids are still going to college parties and yeah, they are. It, it, I, I get that. But I, I think that's the, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, right? But especially for these teams that are in the Big Ten, like your season almost was postponed. To the spring, then it was postponed to December, and then it was postponed to what October. You have to be retarded to to blow this opportunity to play football right now. You have to do what you need to do to make sure that your team is playing every week. For these teams that started out playing and they're getting in trouble. I kind of 
get them a little bit because they really didn't care about COVID from the beginning. But come on, Big Ten teams. Like, you set out, any team that set out, which was the Big Ten, Pac-12, MAC. There's a few Pac-12 teams that were affected by it. Right. You should be taking this stance and making sure that you're doing what you can to play every Saturday or Thursday or Friday, whichever guys, whatever teams these guys, days these teams play on. But you have to. Like, you have to take better care. And it's just showing that they're not taking better care. They really are not caring and putting the the sport they quote-unquote love to play first. Maybe I'm just being um, blind to the fact, but it seems like teams like uh, Michigan and Ohio State or guys, they're going to surround themselves in a bubble. Because they want to play football, and they want to, they want to, they want the opportunity to to get a chance to showcase their talent to get to the next level. And these kids are going out here and ruining it because you can't show how well you perform. Your season already got cut. Your chances of winning and getting to a a um, a conference game or a bowl game is slim. And some of these games are not just, they're not, okay, hey, postponed. Some of these got canceled completely. These teams and these, these teams, these universities and these kids need to do a better job of making sure that they can play the game that they can't play because they're getting an opportunity that couldn't be taken away from them because of this. No, I agree with you 100%. That was a very great testimony right there from Pastor Eric. Uh, (laughs) But no, I think you're 100% right. Uh, I mean, I I think, well, one, I mean, kids are going to be kids. But but I think that I think the one thing that they have to understand is you guys are promoted a, a great opportunity here to go out and do something that you love for the university at a high level. Get to I mean be seen on national television, right week after week. And the, I mean yeah, the season isn't what you expected coming in, but the fact that you still have an opportunity to go out there and play the game that you love each and every single week, and you get to be around your brothers every single week for those, what, 60 minutes? Like, it's it's time to really lock in and, you know what I mean, just take control of the opportunity that you've been handed. Yeah, man, like, like, like I get it, they're kids, but, man, you're a student athlete. You already have a higher standard that you have to to carry yourself as especially these schools where these they're at these big schools and you 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 have to carry yourself a different way when you're playing a sport you know what i mean you can't just be a a regular joe and do something stupid because it's going to get seen it's going to be uh amped up 10 times worse just because you're an athlete you you so they have a mindset. I get that people want to say these are kids, but at the end of the day, 
these are people who have to understand the responsibilities. And especially if you want to get to the next level, you have to carry yourself a certain way. No, I, I agree with you. But, uh, I mean, with that being said, I mean, I don't think that, you know what I mean, we can really expect anything crazy this week like we did last week. Uh, as of right now, I haven't heard of any games being canceled or postponed. So that, that's a great thing. Right, showing growth. Yeah, showing growth. That, that's important. It's important. Yeah, so I'm with it. We get we got we got growth and progress on our side for this week. But what we don't have on our side is the fact that it might be time for Jim Harbaugh to leave Michigan. Thank you. No, no, no. Time out. Let's rewind this. What should have came out of your mouth? It, it is time. Not. It might be time. It is time. Dog, that's how many losses this year? Three straight. Three straight. I just asked for the three, but three straight. Never. No, you got to say three straight. Never in the history of, I ain't going to say it. Never in the history of Little Blue did you think you would lose three straight games. Not to the teams that they lost to. And to two of them weren't even um, top 25 teams. They lost to Michigan State. Right. One of the worst teams in the country. They lost to Michigan State. <laughs> right. Then turn around and lose to what? Indiana. And then get blown out by Wisconsin. They lost to Michigan State. That's worse than getting blown out by Wisconsin. I'd rather get blown out by Wisconsin than lose to Michigan State. We're talking about three losses, not one, Mario. I'm, Michigan State is five. Off that alone, Jim needs to be fired. At home. If, if Jim is not fired at the end of the season, something's going wrong. If Jim Harbaugh is not fired or, quote-unquote, resigns at the end of the season, because you know they'll probably give him the leeway to, to do it on his own terms. But if he's not going after this season, it's only one thing. It's only one thing that can keep his job. That's beating that, Ohio State. No, that's that's the only no, thing that can keep no, his job. I, no, 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 no. If I'm the athletic director, the one thing that you could have done this year in general was win against Ohio State. That's that's it. When you turn around and lose three straight games, there is nothing you can do to keep your job. I'm telling Eric, as a, as a minute, I'm telling you, that's the there, only thing that he can do is to I don't even know if it's I don't even know if it'll happen now. It, the way it, that as bad as huh? as bad as you that don't team, know as bad as yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna here, I'm here, not I'm not gonna come again, out here. Here it and, is again, I have to correct you. Let's rewind again. It won't happen. I know, I'm not saying that. Hell no. So Okay. Alright. At, at some point I, at some point you gotta be a realist. And take the fandom away, because that's that's what I'm asking for. Like we're on this podcast, we get on this podcast, we have our fandom moments, and we have our critical moments where we, we're critical of our teams. But I'm to not. a certain extent, like set that aside for one second and be like, really? Like, would you honestly keep Harbaugh there? Well, well if you like, if, no, 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 really? Would you? Would you? Would I keep him there? Uh, the only way is if he were to beat Ohio State. Oh. That's the only. That's the only thing that. That's the only thing that will really keep me saying. You know what? I think that it's. I mean, because look, the the one thing that they can go out and say is okay. It's a young team. It's a young team. 
But if we can't keep living on the fact that it's a young team. But if yeah. but if he can somehow get this team, which I don't know if it'll happen because it's a pretty they look bad. It's it's an excuse every it's, year, right? No, no, it's, 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 I don't it's know, not it an is excuse an excuse every year. Every year. It is. It, it's Don Brown is is a first year defensive coordinator there. Here we go. At first, it was, hey, we this is not his guys. He needs his guys. Then it became, what? Don't have a quarterback. Okay, the we the quarterback quote unquote guru don't have a quarterback. Oh, he's going to force and make this guy into a quarterback. Nobody okay, called cool. him the quarterback guru. <laughs> what position did he play? He played. Don't make him a quarterback guru. He had Andrew Luck. That's all people had to go off of at Stanford. He had Andrew Luck. People say, oh, he had Andrew Luck. He had Colin Kaepernick. Like, that That was when, when he first got there, that's what it was. It was he had Andrew Luck. He had Colin Kaepernick. He won ball games. We saw what he can do. And then he get here and he doesn't he didn't do anything nearly close to what he did in, in San Francisco. And I get it that that team was given to him. He didn't build that team like it wasn't his guys. And when it turned to be his guys, he was gone. And Stanford, I think some of those guys were his guys. But Andrew Luck was just a, a just a baller, and that was it. Like Andrew Luck was just a baller, and it had nothing to do with him, nothing to do with him. I so he gets you. this job at, at the school up north, and he does absolutely nothing there. He deserves to be fired. The same attitude you have towards, um, uh shit, uh, old boy with the Jets. Is the same attitude you need to have there. No. And yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because at the end of the day, Harbaugh, outside of outside of what he done at Stanford and what he's done at, at, at San Francisco, he has not won games enough games. If you're a Michigan fan and you sit here and say that he's won, he's done enough at Michigan, you're freaking lying. I'm not saying he's done enough. I think, it deserves to be fired. I don't think he's been as, he hasn't been as bad as a coach like Adam Gaze. Don't put him in that ballpark. But I will say this. I think that the one thing that Michigan needs to – Michigan and, and, and even the fans, one thing that we need to come to the realization of is we went, we went with Harbaugh expecting him to make the program great. He made it good, right? He made the football watchable. But, hell, we watched it when they had Brady Hoke. We had to watch it when they had Rich Rodriguez. For some reason, he got us Denar Robinson. That's the only thing that he got us. So, for Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, he came in and he severely, severely underachieved. Because when he got there, the expectation was, okay, in the first three years, okay, beat Ohio State, get us to the college football playoffs. Didn't do it. College football playoffs isn't even on the horizon. We jumped the gun and got very, very cocky against a, a Minnesota team that looks terrible. So, 
Yeah, Harbaugh needs to go, but he's not as bad as Adam Gaze. Thank you. You just said what I wanted you to say. That's it. You said it. You finally said it. You said he needs to go. He needs to be fired. Yeah, he, he does. He just, okay. I, I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, but the only thing I was telling you was the, the, only, the only thing that would possibly keep his job is beating Ohio State, which, again, I don't even know if. That will happen he's because they the look that bad. He's tied with the record for the worst team in the in the conference. It is the worst team in the conference. Maybe outside of Rutgers. And that's bad. Or Minnesota. They beat Minnesota, so they're better than Minnesota. That's bad, ladies and gentlemen. That's bad. When I can say that Northwestern is better than Michigan in football, then it's, that's bad. So, yeah, it is bad. But... Uh, anything else that you want to talk about with college football? No, no, I just wanted to talk about the school up north for a little bit. That, All right. was, that was it. Next week, let's talk Heisman. Let's talk Heisman predictions. All right, I think we know who that should be, right? I mean, I got I got four guys. So Who's your four? I, I mean, I'm state, your, state your four real quick. Um, my four right now are uh, obviously uh, Justin Fields. Then you got uh, Trevor Lawrence. Then you got Trask from uh, the quarterback from Florida, and my number four would be right now. This is just based off of everything I'm seeing right now. The quarterback from Indiana, really good quarterback, lefty, athletic, smart decision maker. So right now that's my four. I'm I'm, I'm uh, Indiana guy. I'm kind of uh, the order. I'm not. I mean I think. Indiana or the kid, the guy from the kid from Alabama, the quarterback from there, he's been playing really decent. Um, but he's he he's at that tail end, not not one or two or three. He's at that tail end with the Indiana kid. Um, but because he's at Alabama, he's getting overhyped. Um, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is two. I think Trevor Lawrence is three because of the games he's played. Um, but other than that, I kind we're we're kind of on the same same. Same page with that. But I, if, I get it. People were hyping this guy from uh, from Alabama. But I, I saw the kid play last year when Tua went out. And I was like, okay, let me see. The guy's not that good. I mean, I, I, obviously, now he's had more time in practice, right? He's got more reps with the ones. Comfortable, right? So it's, it's a little different. But I, I just don't see it. Like, when I watch it, I'm like, ah, system guy. Like he, well, he, he he got some good receivers. Yeah, he, and he got Najee Harris, who might be the best running back in the country. Yes, yes, he does. But you know, he's still making some good plays. Yeah. So I I kind of you know, I kind of get tilt the hand a little bit to him, but we'll see. Yeah, we we could we could chat about it a, a little bit next week. Um, we definitely are gonna hopefully see all those guys play. This coming week, uh, Indiana has a good big matchup this week, so it'll be good to see um, how, how everything turns out. Hey, but I will tell you this. If I'm giving the Heisman Trophy to anybody from Alabama, Najee Harris, the running back I was just speaking of, that guy is incredible. Like, special. Special. He's special. When they play, and Kentucky has a very stout defense. Yeah. He might put up 150 yards against Kentucky. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he will. He will. So... I don't know, man. It's uh, I'd be interested to see, and then we, again, we could talk more college football next week because I really want to dive into some Heisman talk. 
okay. in early college football predictions because a lot of people saying that this will be the year that a, a non-Power 5 school can get there, and I know that you disagree on that. So I, I think we can we can dive into that too. Yeah. Um, but we got to talk NFL, man. That's uh, why we're here, it. right? That's why we're here. Uh, man, coming off of a, a very good week, week 10, now in the books. And the one thing, that the, the big takeaway from the week is the catch. DeAndre Hopkins. Man. Game-winning touchdown, Hail Mary pass from Kyler Murray over three Buffalo Bills defenders. I, I felt like, like, if you know me, you know, like, the wide receiver position is something that is very, very dear to my heart. And, uh, man, it, it was just, it was really, 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 um, it was great to watch that. Watching kid. I, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins is not the tallest guy out there, right? He's not the Randy Moss size, but he has that thing on the left side of your body, and he has the biggest heart probably than most guys that are guarding him. Period. And he understands that he he will come down with a catch. And that's the thing about DeAndre Hopkins, man, is. He he understands that he he's going to catch the ball. He catches most of the catch most of the balls he gets thrown to. He catches them right. I think he he's won a couple seasons where he had like single digit drops, and and it, single digit drops on double coverage guys. Like so, that 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 was just something that to a certain extent is like that that's D Hop. That's what he does. You know what I mean? Like. But a lot of people who don't watch the game enough to know that D-Hop does that. He's been doing it since he's been in the league. Like Been doing that since Clemson. Facts. You know what I mean? Like, so it, it was good that everybody get to see it. It was the last play. Like, but I expect that out of D-Hop. Like, that's why he's one of the top receivers in the league. Yeah, no, that's without a doubt. And, I mean, the, the fact that he did it against the Bills. I mean, the Bills have a, yeah. some goals back there yeah. in the, the secondary. The fact that he did it for the Bills. The fact that it was a game-winning game, game winning catch. The fact that it was Kyler Murray throwing in the balls. And now you forgot all about um, <laughs> old boy from um, Houston, uh, um, Deshaun Watson. He, he's, he's flat out forgot about him. Like, when, they, when that little marriage broke up, like, and he got traded, it's like, oh, man, I don't know. And then he kind of was like, start playing with Kyler Murray. He's like, oh, shit, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Like, all right, Watson, I mean, hope you've had fun with your three guys to hope add up to the, the guy that I am. But it, it just shows the confidence Kyler Murray has in him. And, um just his special ability to go get the ball, dog. That 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 was flat out amazing. Well, two things, right? I don't know if you forgot about Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is special. No, I, I get that he's special, but when you go to a guy like Kyler Murray from Deshaun Watson, you, you didn't lose anything. Yeah, no, no, and I, I I get what you were saying, but my the second point I was gonna make was, man, it's nice being on a on the other side of the fence, huh? <laughs> If you're Deshaun Watson, you got to think, man. It's, it's real nice being on the other side of the fence. You go from 
a coach like Bill O'Brien, which I mean I don't I don't know him personally, but uh, from what I understand, it wasn't a lot of the, a lot of players weren't a fan of him. And you go from an organization like the Texans who just couldn't seem to get anything right to a team like the Cardinals who are they've been looking for a formula to get everything right. And to have Kyler Murray there, and not only Kyler Murray, I think the most important piece for D Hop to have there is Larry Fitzgerald. Oh yeah, facts, facts, a hundred percent. Like a vet that's gonna push you. You, you're trying to be like him. You know what I mean? Like it, it's different when you get on a team and you're the best player on the team, and you're the best receiver on the team. And then there's a difference when you walk into the receiver room and you got an OG who's done what you're doing now and been his, and is doing it for a long time. And you're talking about one of the greatest wide receivers in NFL history. Yeah. So you respect him as an OG, and now you work a little bit harder to impress your OG now. Yeah, and you get to learn every single thing and try to absorb everything you can from him. Facts. And take that and put that into your game, which is already great, to go from great to immaculate. You know what I mean? And and I and that's one thing that I like I'm very excited to see, just even with the thought of Deshaun or I'm not with DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona. And, you know, I, I hope that they can make some type of special run this year. I mean obviously they got the Thursday night game this week, uh, as they play the Seahawks, so it's going to be interesting, man. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting upcoming week. But th- this past week, though, uh, was any other takeaways that you had um, from from week 10? Yeah. Um, Baltimore's about to fuck this up. That offense just flat out looks terrible. They're not running the ball effectively. They're not using their weapons of, of, of efficient. Um You have to run the ball if you're Baltimore. You have to, hell, at this point, I'm thinking J.K. Dobbins might be the best back on the team. And you're not using him effectively. You have Hollywood Brown, who's the speedster, and you're not using him effectively. Um, Outside of that, my next take was, again, the... The MVP of this league right now is Patrick Mahomes. Still, I said it last week, and this week again confirmed it. Patrick Mahomes is still an MVP. Because Patrick Mahomes is not doing, um, he's still doing, he's making special plays, but because he's not top 10 plays, because we're kind of accustomed to what Patrick Mahomes is doing, doesn't mean that Patrick Mahomes is not this special guy. He, he, he is the MVP in his league right now. And still winning that race. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Yeah, and no, I think that, I think that, I mean, that's really becoming, he's, he's becoming the leader of the race. I mean, I, I want to be on the rush train. I do. I, I, and was, I love Russ, but. But the the fact that they're not winning games, and it's not because it's not because of Russ. Oh yes, it is. It's not. No, it's not solely on Russ. First I'm not saying solely on Russ. Russ playing a part. How many interceptions he's just thrown? 
He just threw what? I think he got like six or seven in the last three games. He's got six in the last three. And that's what I'm saying. He's, he's starting to become that problem. And, and, and part of the problem is it's not Russ. The turnover, him forcing to try to do things. But they, they don't have a running game. Chris Carson has been absent, completely not playing for the past four weeks now. And he's been having to, to cook, as they say. Let Russ cook, but Russ can't cook without a running game. But how many teams, you know, averaging 30 points a game lose three, you know what I mean, lose games where they score 34, where they score, uh, you know, 28 points. But it, it happens, right? And it's happening to them. Their defense isn't that good. But when you cannot run the ball to keep that defense off the field, their defense, that's a problem. Their defense is – it's not that their defense isn't that good. Their defense is terrible. They're Okay, so let me explain that. So they're terrible. But in order to, to – to make your defense this terrible look okay, you have to be able to control the clock. And they can't do that because they can't run the ball. I agree. And when they can run the ball, they are very effective. And they're in games when they run the ball and they're effective. Should the they? play action and the deep ball looks a lot better, and we get to see Russ's or high arc ball when he can throw the play action when they're running the ball. I'm calling Marshawn Lynch. No, I mean, I'm, I'm you, giving you, a personal call. You, he's already he's already came back once. The last time he came back, y'all didn't even play him that much last year. He, he's not coming back. Marshawn Lynch is making commercials now. He's he, he he's on the bigger and better things. He's got two commercials now. He got the chip commercial, and I think they just did the virtual. Um, he did the virtual commercial with Chad and and, and um. Who else was on there? Uh, Chad was a Chris Carter or somebody, but they got a little virtual Pro Bowl commercial that they get they shot. He man, he's on the bigger and better things. Yeah, well, the Seahawks they have to play better defense, and I, I think I think Russell get back on that train to the towards the MVP. Uh, so. Carlos Hyde's back this week, so tonight he'll play. That might help them run the ball a little bit better. Carlos Hyde's been out the past three weeks as well. So we'll see that the running game should probably be a little bit better. They have to commit to the running game, too. It's a difference between committing to it and just running and keeping teams honest. Yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, I don't know. NFL season is getting very, very interesting as we start to wind down on the season, right, and get closer to the playoffs. So without further ado, time is here. What is it? Week 11. Week 11 picks. Are you ready to go through? Let's go. Rapid fire. Let's go. Rapid fire picks coming up. Week 11 edition. All right. So, first game on the slate is Thursday Night Football. Arizona at Seattle. Arizona. I'm going with Seattle. Next up, Slater Sunday games. Uh, first off, we have Philadelphia at Cleveland. Cleveland. I'm going with the Eagles. Atlanta at New Orleans. Who you got? I got Atlanta. I got New Orleans. Cincinnati Bengals at the Washington football team. I got Washington. I got Washington in a shootout. Detroit at Carolina. Detroit. Give me Carolina. Pittsburgh at Jacksonville. Pittsburgh. Give me Pittsburgh, but it's close. 
Tennessee at Baltimore. Baltimore. Ooh, very interesting game. Flowers from last year. But I'm going with Baltimore by three. New England at Houston. Houston. I'm going with New England. Bill Belichick, I couldn't tell you the last time he lost to, uh, to the Texans. Miami at Denver. Miami. Give me Denver at home. Jets at Chargers. Chargers. Chargers by a lot. Justin Herbert just got a haircut. Green Bay at Indy. Green Bay. Ooh, tough defense in Indy. No Devontae Adams. Uh, but I'm still going to go Green Bay. I think Phillip Rivers is going to throw three interceptions this week. Dallas at Minnesota. Minnesota. Dallas might have a chance this week, but then I found out that uh, Dalvin Cook is playing, so I'm going with Minnesota. Hey, before we go. Um, oh, and then we also got uh, one more game. Oh, my bad. No, Sunday. Oh, we got two more games. Sunday Night Football, Kansas City at the Las Vegas Raiders. Kansas City. Okay, yeah, I'm going with Kansas City. Uh, because, fun fact, right, just quickly, they said that 8 out of the 11 starting players on defense might be out due to COVID. Oh, yeah, for the Raiders, yep. Yeah, so there we go. And then uh, Monday Night Football, L.A. Rams versus or at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, but I think that it'll be close. All right, but, uh, but you said before we go, you guys. Yeah, before we go, man, are you um, my tour take? Like two wins again. He plays well. How, how do you feel? I, I feel like. How do you feel? I feel like we still need to be talking about this defense. I mean. The, oh, yeah, yeah. The defense is stout. I, I'm not taking away from that. Yeah. And two, I, two, is, two is balling, though, dog. Yeah, two is balling, but I, I will say this again and again and again. Ryan Fitzpatrick could be in there winning games, but as long as the defense is playing the way that they are, then then they're okay. But going traveling to Denver this week, I think that because Denver's got a tough a tough young defense. Obviously, they don't have Von Miller. It's not a sexy defense, right? But they got a tough young defense, and I, I think this will give me a good opportunity to see what Tua really is made of. Okay. Yeah, man, I, I think it's good. I think it. I think it's good for his confidence, especially going into the later in the year, um, possibly a playoff run, maybe, or even next season. Like I think it helps build his confidence to get him to a level that you want him to get to. Yeah, you know what's crazy? Uh, right now, in the, they they just did like the top ten guys for rookie of the year, mm-hmm. and number one and number two, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Obviously, the two other quarterbacks who were picked, right? You know what I mean? One and then uh, uh, Joe Burrow obviously went first, and then Justin Herbert went right after Tua. And out of all three of the quarterbacks, even though he's, I mean, obviously he's, he's not in that rookie of the year conversation because he hasn't had the uh, same amount of reps and games as the other two, but he could be the only one to make the playoffs yeah. as a rookie. Yeah. You pretty slick. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Nah, man, we got a uh, pack, pack gym, pack night tonight. 
So we're going to let everybody go. I ain't, I ain't going to talk everybody heads off tonight. Yeah, but just before we go, we just did right the fire picks. Who you got, Jeezy or Gucci? Jeezy. Okay, yeah. Snow, man. Make America snow again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to thank everybody for listening to the Tunnel Vision Podcast. Uh, make sure you check us out on Anchor. Uh, and also check us out on Apple Podcasts. It's Tunnel Vision Podcast. Again, I'm Mario DeRamis. I'm Eric. And we out. Peace.